0: Good job, Ryan. He deserves a hand. I'm going to ask Katie and uh, Tim to come up here and sit with me. Get some friends this month. I was lonely last month. Uh, but we are in the middle of uh, going through. Uh, we're not in the middle, but not quite. We're going through 1 Timothy in our life groups and our night of worship messages. And so we're super excited about tonight's message. Um, the theme, if you're just walking in here, this is your first time to come to anything that we've done. You're like, I don't know what's going on. So we uh, go straight through, I was going to say exegetically, but we just go straight through certain books in the Bible. And we just kind of dive in and pull out the meaning. And we want God to teach us more of who he is. So we are going through First and Second Timothy this semester. And tonight um, is no different. And life is full of seasons Everything is changing all around us, and in Paul's life in particular, his life was changing. Uh, He was going through so many things, uh, really entering into the last part of his life. And so he is pinning these words to Timothy, his protege, of how to keep the faith and to keep going and furthering the flame. And that's kind of where that that title came from. And we're in a new season, too. We changed our name to CSF, Christian Student Fellowship, as of January 1st and so this is kind of an interesting season for us because we have a ton of seniors, like the first, like, uh, group that w- we went through all the way through uh, and really um, gained a lot of traction with them, and, and we got some, some of you are in grad school getting ready to graduate too, we're losing you, it's like a double whammy, uh, <laughs> but we have to kind of look around and say, in campus ministry, we have to say, okay, next up, right? And so as we're entering into this new uh, season, it's the same as well. And so to open us up, tonight we're going to further the flame faithfully. That's the theme for the week. Caveat, tonight you're going to be like, why are we going to that more? That's what your life groups are for. Uh, I- there's not enough time. This is only 10 verses, but we could spend 10 hours talking about this because it's so rich and so good. Um, so I'm going to hand the mic over to Tim.
1: So I'm Tim. Uh, I have everything written down here because I am not a very good public speaker. I'm actually quite terrified of it. So here we go. Um, I'm not very good at rambling, so that's why I have everything written down. So here we go. <laughs> uh, I've had a pretty good life, I would say. Um, had a great family, performed well in school, um, was dance captain, show choir, was a captain on the football team. I was did a lot of different things, two very polar opposite things. But um, from the outside, everyone thought that, you know, I have my life put together. Um, and it sure looked like it, because I was pretty good at making everything seem pretty fine. Uh, however, on the inside, there was a deeper issue that no one really knew about. Um, I suffered from, and still do today, from anxiety and depression. At first, I didn't think much of it. I just thought I was getting a little worried for a test or maybe I was just a little down because it was just an off day. I didn't really think much of it. This issue kept on growing and eating away at me though and soon it became something I could no longer ignore. That was about in fourth grade. I would go to school every day worrying about every possible piece of my life. Uh, There are times just knowing that there was a homework assignment due or a test coming up would just send my head whirling and into a panic attack, and I would often have to leave school because I could not get myself back into a place where I was able to function. Uh, these episodes would often leave me so worn out that I didn't really want to do anything. Um, this led to my struggle with depression. This ranged from feeling a little bit blue to the you know to the point where I was wondering. What am I, what's my purpose here anymore. It is easier said than done, trust me, I know, but coming to the reali- realization that anxiety and fear are things that are not from God, but rather lies that are trying to become your new reality. Uh, the version Bible app, the one that we use for our events, has a lot of great like little mini plans and stuff, and so I always looked up the ones about anxiety and how to cope with them. Uh, One set of verses I quite liked was from Philippians 4, and it's verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is not always easy, but trusting God is the first step. I could not have done it by myself. I needed God in my life to fight this. I also needed the people around me to help me through this. It may be hard, but simply talking and sharing with others can lift the burden off your shoulders. Do not believe the lie that you cannot enjoy life. That is a lie that is straight from Satan and it holds no power when it's brought to Jesus. I love I truly love my life. Sure there are times that it sucks and times that it's hard But there's also times when it's really great. Uh, Through consistent prayer and reading, I've been able to see more and more of that side of life that I can enjoy. Um, If this is something that you have, you know, struggled with or currently do, please talk about it. It is not a sign of weakness to admit that you are struggling. I feel like having this experience in my life has presented me with opportunity to share. God uses people in all different ways. I think this is one way that he wants to use me. Uh, once again, trust in God. Do not believe in the lie that life cannot be enjoyed. Um, Hunter Hayes has a song called Invin- uh, Invisible. I don't know if any of you have heard heard of it. It's pretty popular. But um, I love this song because I think it's very applicable to how I can feel at times. Uh, it's kind of like one of the main choruses, but at the very end, he says this again. He goes, there's so much more to life than what you're feeling now, and someday you'll look back on all these days, and all this pain is going to be, invisible Uh, and i believe in that statement fully you know there are times where even on earth where i can feel pain free but there's always still something there but i believe that day is coming where there'll be no more pain Um, everything will be lifted and that day will come when i finally get to go to heaven and spend eternity with god but for now i feel like i have more work to do here
0: So, all of us at some point are going to be faced with anxiety when it comes to consistency. And I think, especially if you started with anxiety and you're thinking about consistency and then getting anxiety about having to be consistent. <laughs> and if you have ever been in that situation, and I think all of us have, this is kind of weird, but I was finishing up this message and I kn- I, we knew what we were going to talk about tonight. And uh, this is on Tuesday uh, of last week, and I'm, I was finishing up the message, fin- final, final touches. I was getting, getting ready to email it to them, and there there's a guy and a girl sitting behind me in the library talking about anxiety, and it was wild. Like, he, he was sharing with her, like, how he was feeling, like, I just had a panic attack last night, and I think there's more people struggling around us uh, than we even know, and I think That is just a huge part of this message, and it's kind of wild how God has taken this kind of full circle. So if you've ever asked these questions, how can I keep this going, or how can I get this started? um, Consistency, it it doesn't have to intimidate us, and God knows that it is vital, and he knows that his care is key. And so the one thing we want to just really drive home tonight is the key to consistency is care, and care by definition tonight, this is where I'm going to go with it, is the deep belief that God loves me. The deep belief that God loves me. I am fully convinced that God is for me and not against me. That's how you can become consistent. And so, his story, uh, Tim's story, and then Katie's story later are just going to speak volumes and they're just going to kind of put exclamation points on all this, but uh, if you've got a, a Bible app, or uh, if you've got the Version Bible app, you can hit more at the bottom, hit events, and you'll find Christian Student Fellowship, uh, more events, and you can click on it and follow along. If, if that completely distracts you, throw your phone underneath your seat and get a paper Bible or something like that. So Katie's going to read 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5.
2: Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the truth. Faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from the demons. These people are hypocrites, and liars, and they have consequences, are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods, but God created those foods uh, to be on earth with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it's made, accepted. By the world of God and prayer.
0: Thanks, Kitty. So in chapter one, our very first night of worship of 2020, we talked about a lie. And it was the lie was that you can do whatever you want and it does not matter. Tonight we're gonna see lie number two. Lie number two is you actually can't do anything. No fun for you, you know. it's that legalism. So we've overcorrected. The first one was overcorrecting on allowing anything you want; doesn't matter. This time, it's going the other way and saying it actually does matter way more than you could ever accomplish. Stop that! Don't have fun. You know, uh, for me as a kid, running in church. Do not run in the house of God. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Gordon Evelsizer. Evil was in his last name. I'm just saying. Um. So the Holy Spirit tells us we should not be surprised when we see people turn from the truth of God to lies. I think we get shocked sometimes, sticker shock, by seeing things. And we're like, how is this happening? What is going on? And I think if we were really reading the Bible and soaking it in, we would not be surprised at all. He kind of goes on to describe who they are. He says, these people, these liars, they f- they're followers of lying spirits and demonic teachings. That's pretty strong. These people are hypocrites and liars. There we go again. Those whose consciences are dead. Those are the three descriptions. I don't want anybody describing me like that. Do you? Goodness sakes. And the devil is apparently behind all of this. And this word for their consciences are dead or seared or branded or cauterized. That Greek word is there um, is so strong. And some have taken this to mean that their consciences were branded by the devil or from continuing to just damage their conscience over and over and over again, they don't feel anything. It doesn't matter. I don't feel as bad when I do this thing that I know that God is not pleased with. And so Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that everyone has eternity placed in their hearts. God has made everyone in his image with his brand. So that's who they were, and here's what they were saying. Two things. Number one, don't get married. It's bad. And number two, don't eat f- good food. And it was this whole idea. It was kind of new at this time. It's not new for us, but it's like this Neoplatonism dualism to where to say uh, the spiritual is good. The physical is bad. Your body is a prison, and it's trapped. It's that old hymn that's very theologically incorrect, I'll fly away, Right? It's that dualism, like I just got to get my soul out of my body, and then I'm finally I'll have the rest and the peace that I need. And it was this false teaching that was coming all the way through the church. And it is not wrong to get married. It's not wrong to be single. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says that. And there, are, But whatever path that God is moving us toward in that, he wants us to be full of joy, doesn't he? Do you believe that? That God wants you to enjoy your life. He does not want you to be miserable. The verses 4 and 5. Since everything God created is good, uh, you know, this is a nod to the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1. What happened after every day of creation? And God said it was good. And then at the end, uh, when he created us, it was very good at the end of day 6. Um, it is good. And he says, it is made holy, this food is made holy, uh, even the most horrible of foods for you, if you could think of it tonight, that tastes so good, they are made holy by the word of God and prayer. So there you go. There's your justification uh, to misuse the Bible. Just kidding. Um, so the problem is, is that not that God created something bad, it's me... What's happening is that they had taken something that was good and misused what was good, both with marriage and with the way that they were dealing with ceremonially unclean foods from the Old Testament, all kinds of things. And Jesus unpacked this more, again, in your life, Matthew chapter 15, verses 11 through 20. And so... The word translated for rejected is so good, which occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. Just right here means to be thrown away. Don't throw it away. You can feel good. Experience happiness. You can enjoy this life. Yet you will never enjoy this life more than when you're doing it God's way. Okay? And that's kind of a wild thing for us to think about tonight. But God wants us to be excited to wake up tomorrow and to live another day consistently. You may think that that's impossible, but I, I really think that we need to think about the key to consistency is care. We're going to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Tim's going to read it for us.
1: If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith, and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come.
0: Now You'll understand this more as you get older, but this is the thing that keeps me up at night. (laughs) Spending a ton of time and wasting it. And the, the issue with that, it was time and energy, is that we only get so much time and energy every day. And once we use both of those things, both the time and the energy, by the way, Kate Starr killed it tonight with the art, didn't she? Uh, wow, thank you so much, Kate. Um, but think about that verse. I mean, it just, the time and energy, once we use it, we're never going to get it back. That's the one that haunts me. Once I... Let these moments pass with my kids being as young as they are or with my wife or with you guys. If I'm sitting across from you and we're talking about what's going on in your life, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do in those moments, I've just missed that specific opportunity. This is why I stopped playing video games. I was playing video games being like, I am wasting all of this time. 2K, uh, NBA 2K, that was my game. Still is at night if I'm dreaming or something, but I just don't have time. But I, I not that it's wrong to play video games. But I'm never going to get that time back. And he says, you're going to have to explain this to other people. And explaining all of this to people takes both time and energy. And we can always make more money. We We cannot make more time and more energy. Once we use them, they're gone. And let me just say, if you are bored with your time and energy and you're like, I don't know what else to do with my time. I can't study all the time. Uh, What am I supposed to do with my time? I'll tell you what you see me afterwards, and I think you're doing life wrong. If you are bored and you need God to do something in your life to excite you, I would love to talk to you about that because God has a plan for your life. He doesn't want us to waste time. Verse 7, it seems as though we have a lot of work to do when it comes to our spiritual fitness as a priority. We are in the midst of a culture that is majored in labor-saving devices, okay? So that we can spend more time with technology created for the sole purpose of entertaining us. And, yeah, we're supposed to take care of our bodies, is what he says here. Get those gains or whatever you're working for. As you can tell, I'm not doing a very good job. I stick to the cardio. But... We have to take care of our souls. How do I know that God cares about me? He is concerned. Now think about this. The God of all creation, the one who created the heavens and the earth and you and your mama. He cares how you spend your time and energy. He is not saying, oh, that's just that's just that person. I don't really care about their time and energy. I only care about this person because they're way more important. That is garbage. Don't believe that. The key to consistency is care. So let's finish our passage, verses 9 and 10. Katie's going to bring us home here.
2: This is a trustworthy, trustworthy saying, and everybody should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hopes in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all those who are believers.
0: Okay, so this is number three, and I get into this. In First, Te- First second Timothy and Titus, there's five trustworthy sayings, if you've been paying attention. Some translations take that out. And I'm like, don't take that out. I like that. Make it, uh, but these are trustworthy sayings. A lot of people believe that these are ancient Christian songs. I love that idea. Anybody want to write five songs with me, I would love it. Let's go. Um, but we've seen these. Uh, again, this is number three. And it says, we work hard and suffer much, verse 10. What was the reason for Paul enduring so much hardship? He only had one reason for enduring so much hardship. He wanted to see as many people become Christians as possible. That was his, just more than anything else, he wanted it. And so it uses this word, Paul uses this word for labor which suggests strenuous toil. It's used by Paul also in Philippians 2.16, and it describes athletic fatigue. Remember how that feels when you push yourself to the limit? You're like, I can't do one more sprint, but I got a guy with a whistle screaming at me, right? And think about that feeling and how you felt if you've never been in that situation. I'm so happy for you. But athletic fatigue, we work hard and suffer much. God, who is the Savior of all people, also in verse 10. The end of this verse may seem a little confusing. Um, God wants everyone to be saved. Would he have enough room for everyone? Uh, Yeah. He is eternal. Uh, He is all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. God desires all people to be saved, uh, everyone to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9, John 3.16 uh, 2 Timothy two four. We'll get to that later. Uh, but when we choose to believe in the message of Jesus, then we see the following verse played out. And this is one of my—I love the Book of Revelation. You may hate it; and it may confuse you and scare you, or whatever. I'm—I'm I'm loving it. Every time I read it, it gets better. Revelation chapter seventeen verse fourteen. It says, "And his people are called, are called, and chosen, and faithful." And I'd love for you to. Ex- just discuss this more in your live groups. And the way I'm looking at this, everyone is called. Everyone is invited. There is no one that cannot join the party. There is no one that can't start really enjoying the life of, that God has given them the way that he intended for them to enjoy it. Some are chosen. And the chosen are those who believe, confess, they they repent, they're baptized, they devote all of their time and energy energy to Jesus. No matter what I'm doing, I'm in biochem, I'm in bio2, I'm in calc2, I don't care what I'm in. I am following Jesus. I am chosen. And that kind of secured idea in being chosen is how we are faithful. They are called, they are chosen they are faithful. They go to the very end. Matthew twenty four thirteen. God's family is comprised of those who hit all three. And he's. A, I love this this word here. It says, "He is the savior of all men, especially those who believe." That always confused me as a kid reading that, and it is kind of confusing. But uh, the word here for especially or particularly. Can also be translated, most of all, above all, Jesus died for everyone, but not everyone will be saved. Only those who place their faith in Jesus. So how do I know God cares about me? He wants everyone in heaven. He takes no death and pleasure in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel chapter 18. He wants everyone to be saved. The key to consistency is care. care. Katie's going to share her story.
2: So hi, I'm Katie. Um, I don't have my life together like Tim does, so I just have a whole bunch of notes. Um, Today I'm going to be sharing my story and my dad's story. When I was born, I was born with a hole in my left lung, and so that makes me a Riley kid. Um, Every year I have a surgery, and with that I either get my hole repatched or I just get the cover taken off with that. Um, every month, I have a tube on the side of me, and um, it gets cleaned every month, and with that, um, it's a lot of pain, and I'm, but I've made it through it. Um, it's also put my family in a lot of, like, I don't know how to explain it, like, bad moods, because I'm their youngest child, and that picture is actually me having surgery. <laughs> And so I was seven years old when that was taken. Um, My mom actually took it because I was saying apparently some funny things. And with that, they've seen me go through everything from the days that I just don't feel good from the days that I'm their wild, youngest child. And so I'm also going to be sharing my dad's story. That's my dad and my mom. Um, My dad has had MS since I was in sixth grade. So MS is multiple sclerosis. It's a, like, disease that attacks your nervous system, and it makes it hard for you, like, to walk and to do daily activities. Um, This put a lot of stress on my mom and my brother because two of the people in their life was falling apart. One couldn't breathe, and one couldn't do anything. Um, How my family has, like, dealt with this, my dad lost his job when I was in high school. So that meant I had to go get a job, and so did my brother. My mom has, like, done it all, and I thank her for that. Without my mom, I don't think my family would be together like it is today. Um, My dad is actually doing a little better. He has infusions each month, and with that, they put a chemical in him that helps the MS. Um, He can walk sometimes. He thinks he's all big and bad. And thinks he can do everything, which he can't. And I have a problem with that, and I'm always scared when he goes out and tries to do stuff. Um, but he does have hard days where he can't get out of bed, and when all he does is just sit around the house. Um, so many of you probably don't know what it's like to have a disabled parent and the one who fights for her whole family. With that, I have gone through many stages of days that I just didn't care anymore. Mm. And I didn't want to do anything. I knew my health was getting worse, and I knew one day God was going to say, Katie, it's time to come home. And without going to church, and I even played softball, and that's hard with a kid who can't breathe on her own. Mm. So when I actually came to IUPUI, knowing that I was a Riley kid, I actually started to be a part of Jagathon, and with that, I'm the chair of social, and I think that's what saved me a little more. When I was actually in high school, I decided I didn't want to go to church anymore. I decided that God did this to me for a reason, that I shouldn't have to care why God did this to me and my dad. Then one day, my mom came into my room, and she said, Katie, get up. We're going to church, and I fought her and fought her for this, and that day, we actually went to a new church. We didn't go to the same one we went to when I was a kid, and our pastor sat down next to me. He goes, I've never seen you here before, and I said, yeah, I don't think I should come to church anymore, and he was like, no, you got up today because God gave you a reason, and God woke you up this morning so you could continue on with your life. So that's my story, and that's my dad's story.
0: Cool story. Her mom is getting her RN um, at the same time Katie's getting her RN. That's kind of cool. And her boss at the movie theater she works at was in our very first Bible study we ever had here on campus. you got to watch what you're doing around town.
2: Please get on of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted both of them to share is because I think sometimes we we don't realize what other people are facing and, and uh, that we can go through difficulties and we still can be assured that God cares about us. And it's so just from the passage. Number one, enjoy yourself. Start seeing everything around you as good even if it's been misused and tainted, change the way you see things. And I, I it is so easy to start complaining, you know, isn't it? Uh, it people are easy targets. S- uh, professors are easy targets. Your friends are easy targets, uh, and it's much easier to to just get very negative very quickly. Enjoy yourself. It's meant to be enjoyed. Number two, guard your time. You are never going to get all of these moments back. That's why it's so cool that you came tonight. You didn't have time to come tonight. I guarantee you. One of you is like, I, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, one of you actually has a lab or something right now. Um, <coughs> don't worry, this isn't piped somewhere else on campus. Um, guard your time. You only get so much time and energy. Use it well. And the, second, the third thing that really helps you in knowing that God cares about you and allowing you to be consistent is actually stopping the thought of thinking just of yourself. And I, it's so funny, at the end of the passage, is about evangelism. It's not about you having another great Bible study to learn something else cool. That's great. You need that. It's about taking that and going, right? Getting out there. Don't keep it to yourself. You have not been saved from sin and death to hoard the salvation. You have been saved to extend it to others. Joy, time, evangelism. Um, so I I want to just um, ask the worship team to come up. You guys can have a seat too if you want. Um, I'm going to share one more story. And this happened when... Uh, one of you guys, I'm not going to say who you are. You said that I could, but I'm not going to emb- embarrass you at all. Um, but I going over to your apartment for lunch, and you made me a very good lunch. It was very spicy, which I like that. And so we're having a very good conversation. My, my nose is running because it's so spicy and so good. Um, anyway, so we're having a great lunch and uh, talking about anxiety uh, dealing with it, uh, actually having it, so much anxiety, couldn't even leave the house. And I was thinking, wow, for like two or three years, not being able to leave the house, being so anxious and so stressed, so overwhelmed. Recently, came you know to grad school at IUPUI. You know, uh, it's one thing to see people walking into class and see them walking out, but to know that they actually couldn't leave their house for a period of time, and to know that they're actually leaving their house, and not only that, not just going to the grocery store, they're going into like an intense graduate class. (laughs) I mean, it's just so impressive. And so that's impressive in and of itself, and I'm like, how is this happening? Like, What is the secret in the sauce here? How did you get out of that apartment? How did you get there? How did you get here? And I'm actually flipping through his Bible. He's brought it out to me, and I'm flipping through it. I said, wow, this is cool, man. Uh, and I'm going to show you this picture. And I don't know if you see something here. He said, it's actually pretty easy, but not easy at all. Um, this is my Bible. And uh, when I would get anxiety, I would put my thumbs right here. And I would pray. And uh, and I would read these Psalms over and over And over and over again, and I would sweat. (laughs) He's like, I would sweat a lot. And it sweat all the way down into the pages. Okay. We're talking about the key to consistency is care and knowing that God loves you. How much are you getting into your Bible? How much are you sweating on your Bible? How much are you crying over your Bible? Let's step into that. Let's allow God to do what only God can do. Um, as we sing this last song, let's think about that. Let's think about what it means for God to love. Let's stand together. Think about what it means to be consistent, to allow God to tell you just how much he loves you tonight. <laughs>